0: decades america has struggled to combat the harms of drug use but the harms have increased and the fight is endless because we've been wrong what if we changed our drug policies to actually decrease the harms of drug use and increase thriving for all of us our criminal approach to drugs had a beginning and it will have an end join us on the journey to end it for good
1: Welcome to the End It For Good podcast. I'm Christina Dent, your host. We're doing a little something different today. I was a guest recently on another podcast um, called Now See Here, and the host, Jack Chris uh, invited me to come and talk about um, the work that End It For Good does and ask his own questions about um, our perspective on uh, legalization. So we're actually going to have a, a guest episode from the Now See Here podcast today, and uh, we'll be back again. Uh, next week. But this is uh, Nancy here with Jack and Chris, and we'll see you next week for more original content from End It for Good.
2: Hello, everybody. Jack Chris here with the Now See Here podcast on anchor.fm slash Now See Here. We are recording live, as usual, from CC's Coffee House in Ridgeland, Mississippi. We want to thank CC's again and SettleMyCase.com upstairs. Hello to our YouTube audience. We are pleased to welcome another strong woman uh, on the uh, lineup for the lineup this week, Miss Christina Dent, who is the founder of End It For Good. Christina, welcome to Now See Here. Thanks so much we got to get, uh, I think, a mic's off there. Roddy? Okay.
1: Thanks so much for having there me. There you
2: go. See, Say it again. But this is live podcasting. That's right. This is how we <laughs> do it. End it for good. Mm-hmm. What do you want to end for good, Christina?
1: The war on drugs. Why? So I, I began to learn through the last couple of years being a foster parent that there's two kinds of harm coming from drugs in this in the world, really, in, the, in our country and in our state, but really worldwide. One of those is coming from the drugs themselves, like what substances can do when you ingest them. But I'm convinced now that research clearly shows that the vast majority of all harms related to drugs are actually coming from drug prohibition. So kind of like with alcohol, during alcohol prohibition, we, had, we have harms today from alcohol, even though it's not prohibited anymore. But we had the whole new category of harms when we prohibited alcohol. The bootleggers and bootleggers, the black market. Yeah, yeah. the black yeah. market came in. We had alcohol poisoning. Thousands of people died from alcohol poisoning because there was no more quality control. or you know, People didn't know what they were getting. They were cooking something up in their backyard and selling it, and it had all kinds of contaminants in it.
2: Well, Christina, I'm a libertarian, okay, so you're singing my song. But what I'm hearing from people you know, who have been to Colorado and other states where the cannabis is legal is that it is so much stronger than what was on the street years ago and that it is a gateway drug. Now, they don't say that about al- alcohol for some reason. Mm-hmm. Alcohol is fine. You can drink all you want to and you're not going to want to get a better high. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, it's always marijuana. Now, uh, do you think that if we legalize drugs that there's going to be some type of moral acceptance that we're saying, oh, it's okay to get stone. It's okay to get high.
1: No, I don't think so. so I think there's also two, two moral issues happening here. So one is the moral issue of whether or not we should ingest these substances, whatever they are, including legal substances. So there's certainly people that feel harm to the body, you know, harmed, yeah. to the body from alcohol or from nicotine. Right. Is that moral? Even though they're legal. But there's also a moral weight to what happens when you criminalize. Is it is it morally okay to tear apart a part of family through incarceration, to put children in foster care just because their parent was smoking marijuana and got arrested for it, and maybe they don't have the family support for the kids to go somewhere else while their parent is incarcerated? Is it okay to um, have people dying of preventable overdoses because they're getting contaminated drugs on the street instead of? safe substances um that they can access legally now when i talk about legal regulation for all drugs which is what what we advocate for we advocate for a fully regulated drug market Legalize control, everything, yeah, um, but, but regulated so right. this is not candy store this isn't next to the gummy bears um this is a regulated market like we do for alcohol we regulate it we say you know there's age restrictions for purchasing it you can only sell it in certain kinds of stores that sort of thing
2: you know uh, When I was a teenager, and pot was being bought and sold everywhere, uh, there was always the case of pot being laced with embalming fluid and also being laced with PCP. And I had a very close friend who almost died because he smoked some pot, and it Mm -hmm. had PCP, and he just went out of his mind. So that would correct that problem. Mm -hmm. Uh, You, I, I looked at your Facebook page, and you almost have to tell people that you are a Christian and you are a Republican, that you're not some far out libertarian (laughs) (laughs) like we crazy libertarians are who want to legalize everything, prostitution and everything. But why do you feel you have to say that? I mean, is it is it unchristian to or or is it does it goes against goes does it go against rather Christian uh, ethics to say, all right it's one thing to ingest a substance. It's another thing to commit a crime right. after doing so.
1: So I can speak for myself. Um, the culture that I grew up here in here in Mississippi, very conservative, very universally Republican pretty much from my childhood. Um, I never thought about the distinction between what is wrong from a biblical perspective and what should actually be illegal. Uh, in my mind, they were kind of the same thing. It, it never occurred to me until just a couple of years ago, somebody said, Well, adultery is not, we don't put people in jail for that. And that's clearly harmful, clearly sinful from the Bible's standpoint. Always harms more than one person. You're tearing a family apart by the definition of adultery. Um, and I just thought, Wait, what? I've never thought about that before. So I think there's been so much of an inter. Twining of faith and politics Um, and in some ways that can be helpful that we're living out our values and it can also be really harmful if we're not careful that, that if if we if we made illegal all sin I mean literally all of us would be in jail. I mean, from a biblical perspective of what is sin, so we can't say that just because something's wrong means it should be illegal.
2: We don't want to stone people like they do in Muslim countries, and yeah, women are sentenced to death for right, adultery right, and this so other we say, thing. so say,
1: okay, there's, we have to make some, some nuance. This is not clear-cut here. So I would say we have to go back to then, so what is the goal with drugs? Why have people like me supported drug prohibition for so long? And I would say, I always thought because it was reducing harm to people. It was the less harmful way to handle these substances. So if we walk back and we say, what's the big goal? And we come back to, I think most people think, well, we're trying to have fewer people harmed from drugs. Then we say, okay, if our goal is less harm, and we look at the research that's out there, it is, there is no question that legalizing and regulating the market causes far less harm, not just to people who are using drugs, but to their families, to communities, to children, than it does to criminalize it.
2: And I want to go into that further, but I think the spiritual and psychological question uh, needs to be asked, and that is, why does a person feel the need Mm-hmm. to alter reality or get stoned in the first place. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess it's the same reason why people want to have a couple of drinks. They want to have a buzz or they're trying to escape from something. Right. So we need to look at, on an individual right. basis, what are you trying to escape from right. as opposed to you know what you're taking or what you're doing. Christina right. Dent yeah. is my guest. Have you taken heat from this? You're, you're a Christian. You're a Republican. Have you said, uh, you know, have you had people say, why are you defending these terrible drug users?
1: Oh. I have, but I – so my goal is always to invite people into the conversation. I'm not I, – I do get really angry about the harm that's happening. I don't project that out because the only way that I was able to slowly change my mind on this is because other people gave me a safe place to ask questions, to feel kind of – The feeling of what happens when something you believe your whole life gets challenged, that's not a comfortable feeling, feels like an earthquake. So not a whole lot because I think uh, people feel that they don't have to respond with anger because I'm not coming coming to the table with anger. Uh, I want to have the conversation. I want to invite them to consider that there's more at stake than just do we want people using drugs.
2: You're not only attack. You're not only offensive. Is there a personal story here? Yeah, why why did you get involved? Was there a family member, or did you know somebody?
1: No, so we became foster parents. um, Yeah, yeah, a couple of years ago, and so um, the second baby that we fostered came to our house as a newborn from the hospital. He'd been removed um, from his mom's custody because of her prenatal drug use, and I met her early on. I brought him to a um, his first visit with her at the child welfare office, and we came into the parking lot and. I hadn't met her before, and everything I thought about people who use drugs was, you know, she must not love her child. She wouldn't have done this if she loved him. Um, And so I, I got his car seat out of my car and turned around, and here she comes sprinting across the parking lot with tears streaming down her face. She's covering him with kisses, telling him how much she's missed him. And that did not fit at all with what I thought about people who use drugs and were addicted, moms who were using while they were pregnant. Um, And I was really suspicious of it and thought, this can't be real. This just doesn't fit. But I got to know Joanne over um, time. He ended up, they were reunified, and she has been sober since he was born now. That's uh, three and a half years ago. Um, And I saw her as what she really is, which is a mom like me. She loves her son just as much as I love my kids. Addiction is not a lack of love. It's not a um, I want to ruin my life. Uh, It's a totally different, complex, health, spiritual, social crisis. It is not a criminal justice issue. It is a complex health issue. And I could see that if we put her in jail, that would be catastrophic for their family. She's a wonderful mother today.
2: And yet they are. Right, Um, Right,
1: and I could see that too through foster care, that not, not every mom was being treated like Joanne. Nikki was not. She's serving a prison sentence today in North Mississippi, 15 years for prenatal drug use. So you look at those two families and you say, it doesn't always happen like Joanne. Not everybody's able to get sober and be able to parent. But Nikki, her family is a nuclear bomb on their family for the next 15 years. There's no chance of a a positive uh, outcome for the next 15 years for them. Then they can try to rebuild.
2: Let's talk about opiates and and that epidemic we're hearing, okay? Mm -hmm. Uh, And I did a solo show on this. I get a little suspicious when all of a sudden the media, the government, everybody gets together and says there's a crisis. I really got upset the other evening. I was watching local news, and the young woman, the broadcaster, said that you can take one— Pill one narcotic opiate and get addicted. That's not true.
1: It's not true because
2: I have suffered from kidney stones and I've taken, I've had to take a lot, and I'm ready to get off of it. You know, mm-hmm. I don't like the way I feel. Are you also advocating with this new war on opiates that has all of a sudden become the rage? Are you against that?
1: So what's happened is um, you'll hear some people say, "I took one pill and that was it. I was hooked." And we always have to be looking at. Uh, their like what you or? said right the and and that that when when people become addicted, the drugs have become a solution for another problem. The drugs are not really the problem it's what they're what they're masking what they're either don't want to feel or why their life is something they have a hard time being fully present for um, so there is a, a a physical addiction cannot happen after one exposure to a drug, but a psychological strong desire to feel that, that way high. again yeah. you know to to not have to, to feel the other way to escape something. can certainly happen with anything not just drugs it can happen with gambling it can happen with pornography it can happen with all kinds of things that can destroy your life because they they overtake what what you thought they were helping you with you know they were acting as a helper and now they're destroying your life um yeah so what what the government has done unfortunately with the slow increase in overdoses that was happening over the last couple of decades is they crack down on prescriptions. The problem is that the uh, the illegal market's always going to fill any market void that's there. And so as we have cracked down on prescriptions, the death rate has dramatically increased. If we had done nothing, tens of thousands of people would be alive today that are not, who are dead. This is Tragic because the government cracked down on prescri- prescribing, and people are being driven to the streets, and they're dying many, from overdoses many, from uh, you know
2: drugs that are laced. Many physicians have told me that that a person who mm. who needs these pain medications, if that is taken from them or they're cut back or cut off, they go to stronger street medications. They become criminals. They do get addicted because heroin. And meth, Mm -hmm. you can get addicted very easily to that as opposed to Vicodin or Percocet or whatever the, you know, the drug is. Uh... Decrease harm, help people thrive. That's your slogan. Mm-hmm. Are, you, are you helping people? Are you making a difference? Have you seen some tangible results? And how long have you been doing this, Christina?
1: So I um, started two years ago in the summer of 2016. I hosted a book discussion with some friends over the book Chasing the Scream, The First and the Last Days of the War on Drugs by Johan Hari.
2: That's an excellent book. Yeah. If
1: anybody wants a copy, you can email me, Christina at enditforgood.com. I'll send you a free copy. We provide them. We sponsor them for Mississippi readers. And I'm trying we'll to get, get him on the places, show, too. by the way. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we, I think, so that was the beginning of it. Uh, just a few months ago, we filed for nonprofit status with the state of Mississippi. Um, so it kind of started out as I'm interested in this and I think we're doing something wrong. And it's now become a life passion for me. Um, and now I'm, I run a nonprofit uh, to do it. And I, I think people are, I don't feel like I am starting a, move, a movement. I feel like I am. Giving voice to a movement that's already been there. People are tired of what we've been doing. They want a different approach. They maybe have not had a chance to hear it through a voice that they can agree with because so much it's coming from the left or from, from libertarians, people that yeah. they don't feel like they can agree with. And well no even the left from, is getting
2: in on this. Even right. Democrats are saying we need to ban everything. Yeah, you know? so
1: I, I think even the people that are talking about reform, a lot of times it can be mixed in with other issues that Republicans don't agree with. And so it feels like why well, can't I can't support that organization because they're also advocating advocating for other things that i that I have a problem with um, so we are I talk about end it for good as a conservative nonprofit advocating for drug legalization that 's what it is <laughs> i 'm a republican um, I think it 's cons- consistent with conservative values. We want I- employed citizens, we want strong families we want safer communities vast majority of all crime is driven by drug prohibition
2: let 's not forget William F Buckley jr was an advocate for total drug legalization hmm. all drugs. Uh, what the church, the church is, how do they feel about this ministers that you've talked to? Are they on we your actually, side? Or? So, uh,
1: I, there have been a number of pastors who have come to the discussions that I lead. So now I lead discussions all over the state. Um, some of them are book discussions on chasing the scream, but some of them are just just community discussions. They're open to anybody to come. We provide dinner for everybody come. It's two hours. They do a presentation we discuss Explore this, you know, ask your questions. Uh, We've had a lot of pastors who have come, and there are mixed uh, responses. There are a lot of pastors who agree with it and don't feel like um, there is the uh, social and spiritual space yet to say so publicly um, because it feels like such a political issue. We have made it feel like that through lots of legislation that's made it feel like that. And so it's hard for people to see there's there's more to it, um, and that's what I hope, to help people see the bigger picture of what's happening, all the harm that's coming from criminalization, and then I think people can begin to see what the spiritual impact of this is. Uh, if you start at the spiritual point, they have a really hard time. You need to really understand what's happening before you can begin to see how what you believe fits into that.
2: You know, I we did a podcast earlier with Amanda Hamilton, and we're echoing some of the same themes. You know, Joel Baumgar is a conservative Republican uh, in the House of Representatives who is actually for certain drug legalization. I don't know if you knew that or not. Uh, uh, and, and Joel is working, I think, reaching across the aisle. Uh, and we're seeing, I think, more national politicians do this. Uh, but Are you primarily basing your work or trying to affect change in Mississippi? Are you regional? How far does End It For Good extend?
1: So my goal is always, this is my home state. I was born and raised here. So I want to see change here in Mississippi. We have the third highest incarceration rate in the country. We are absolutely destroying ourselves through our harsh um, penalties and the way that we're waging the war on drugs here and lots of other things that are creating that that high incarceration rate. So I want to change Mississippi. And the way that I think about it is if Mississippi can change, then the South can change. And if the South can change, then the nation can change. And if the United States changes on drug policy, we hold the keys to that for a lot of the world because we were the ones that started it 100 years ago in the first place.
2: Is that your biggest challenge, doing what you're doing in Mississippi, a very conservative state?
1: Um, I would, yes. But part of the reason Mississippi is uh, so hard to change is just that um, it's so connected. People have such deep roots here, and it's so hard to go against the way we've always done things or the way that a lot of us have lived for decades doing things with drugs. Um, but what I found is that it, that is actually also an asset. So people who change their minds have all of these connections to invite other people to change their minds. And that's how these discussions have grown. People say, come and do it in my town, and I'll invite all of the people that I know. So we've had mayors and city council and other elected officials, um, candidates for statewide office have come to these because they're they're interested in it, and I have found it to be much less challenging than I actually thought it would be, and that's why I feel like I'm giving a voice to things people have wanted to say but have not had a space to say them.
2: Have you reached out? Speaking of political candidates, we've got a lot of big races coming up in primaries. Have you reached out to the big boys? And I'm talking about Tate Reeves, Jim Hood, Bill Waller Jr. Have you? Try no, to approach them?
1: No, I haven't. So I'm always looking for people who know candidates who can invite them uh, into this conversation to can give them a book. And we've done that with some of the statewide um, candidates for higher offices um, with people who know them and say, yeah, I'll, I would be willing to use my social capital with them and yeah. say, hey, can you you know, read this book? This is a discussion that's happening in our state. Um, but for Mississippi, our elected officials, can only go as far as the people are willing to let them. And so I focus all of my efforts on reaching Grassroots. regular Mississippians. Yeah. As much as we can change our minds, our, we, we provide more window of space for our elected officials to also move forward. Um, some of them don't want to move forward, but some of them do and, and just don't feel like they have the space to... Uh, to move on that yet. So we're trying to create more space for them to say, hey, my constituents support this.
2: And positive to negative uh, support ratio, I, I would assume it's much more positive.
1: Uh, heavily positive. Mm-hmm. For me, I would say 98% of the interactions that I have are positive. Even if they're with people who haven't changed their minds, um, they are appreciative that it's being presented in a way that doesn't feel like they're being bashed or, why, you know, why are you being so hateful? People don't feel like they're doing anything wrong by supporting the drug war. They, they still think it's helping. So, you know, if, we, if I can't help them take those steps, uh, I want to help them take one step at a time.
2: When do you think this war will be won or will it ever be won? I think it will
1: be won in my lifetime.
2: Incrementally or will incrementally. it be a big sweep no, one day? No, no,
1: and nor should it be a big sweep. So I would say incrementally um, the way that marijuana legalization has been done you know, on the West Coast and now moving now to the Midwest um, and the East Coast and hopefully to the South Um, I think it will be incrementally. And part of why that is helpful is that we can see what's working in states that have done it already, and we can do it even better the next states that do it. Um, So I think it should be done incrementally. You know, when when all drugs were legal 100 years ago, it's a different time, a different culture. The world has changed so dramatically by then. It should be incremental, but it should be happening. Not just incremental sometime out in the future, but we need to be taking those active steps. Every day we continue this. We have more families like Nikki's that are getting 15-year prison sentences, and their families are being destroyed. We could have more families like Joanne, who it may not always work out, but they have an opportunity uh, for it to work out. She's parenting. Her son has a great mom.
2: Before we give your contact information, because I know a lot of people are going to want to reach out to you and probably help you and support you in what you're doing. What about law enforcement? What kind of relationship do you have with our law enforcement officials? Are they are they being helpful? or Because they have a job mm-hmm. to arrest people, whatever their views are or not. They have to carry out what they are assigned mm-hmm. to do. So what yeah. is your relationship with our law enforcement community?
1: We've actually had a lot, a lot of law enforcement that have come to these discussions. We've had really? FBI, state, local, federal. Um, they're not all coming saying that they agree. Uh, some of them are, and some of them say... You know, there's their personal views are maybe different than the lobbying groups for law enforcement for some of them would 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 personally support this kind of change. Um, But but as a as a group, they don't support it yet. Um, But we've had I've had really positive interactions uh, with law enforcement and. Uh, I think you know. I, I am not against law enforcement. I think you, we need to separate. No, we're not against I'm not law neither. enforcement personnel. We're against bad laws, and we've had bad laws in the history of our country, and we we will again. And so, in the same way that we've had to 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 say, you know what, this is a harmful law. We thought it was going to help. It's been disastrously harmful. We we can admit that, and we can say, you know what, our law enforcement. They're joining this profession because they want to help people. And we are sending them out to enforce a war that's causing massive amounts of harm to people and communities. And I think there's a, a moral weight to what we're asking our law enforcement to do, and I, I don't think we should be.
2: And it's taking them away from pursuing
1: right. criminals who right. are violent, violent people. Crime, right, violent crimes. Right. And our, our success rate on solving violent crimes is pretty low.
2: The organization is called Ended for Good. Christina Dent is the... Are you the CEO? Founder and president. The big grand poobah. (laughs) (laughs) How can people get in touch with you, your website? Because I know they're going to want to, and we'll have you on again, I'm sure, (laughs) but... Tell us.
1: Yep. You can go to enditforgood.com. Uh, you can email me at Christina at enditforgood.com. Uh, I also have a podcast that comes out every two weeks. We kind of take little bits of the drug war. and Everybody's um,
2: doing a podcast. Right. I, do I do them one by wrap. one. Sorry. Um,
1: so, yeah. And if you want to come to a um, community discussion somewhere in Mississippi, you can find those on our Facebook page at End It For Good MS. Um, we'll be in Ocean Springs in a couple of weeks, in Oxford in a couple of weeks, uh, South Haven, Next month, um, all, all over the place, we do about two a month.
2: You've got a great website. I looked at it. Thank uh, you. did a little research. And I don't do a whole lot of research because I like to learn as we go. But it really is impressive Thank and you. easy to navigate. So Christina Den has been our guest. Uh, keep up the good work. Thank you. And, uh, you know, I, I told uh, Amanda earlier, I don't know. I'm a libertarian for the most part. And there's a, the libertarian community is on your side. So you need to get in touch with some of those folks, and perhaps I can help you with that. So Fantastic. I- I'll work with you on that. I'm Jack Chris. This is the Now See Here podcast. Hello again to our YouTube audience. And, Christina, thank you so much for being with us.
1: Thanks for having me.
2: Folks, take care. We'll be talking again soon. Until then, thanks for listening and supporting the Now See Here podcast.
1: Thanks for joining us today. I'm Christina Dent. Um, that was a, a great time with Jack Chris um, talking about drug legalization and uh, what other people in Mississippi are thinking about that. We'll be back next week with regular uh, episodes of the End It For Good podcast. And until then, I hope you'll consider sharing something on social media, sharing something with a friend, um, having a conversation with somebody um, to invite people to just begin considering whether there's other approaches to drugs and criminal justice that can get us better outcomes.
0: So how do we end our criminal approach to drugs? By changing one mind at a time. Many people are only willing to have this conversation when they are invited to by someone they trust. That's you. Invite your friends, family, and people in your circle of influence to consider a better way. At End It For Good, our hope is that people who hear will become people who tell. Join the movement to end it for good.